Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and today I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Corey Baumeister. What's How's up? How's it going, bro? What's up, man? I'm excited to uh, talk about Innistrad Standard. It's uh, some exciting stuff, so yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we finally... We finally got a rotation. Thank God. And, you know, I've, I've been playing a lot. I've been trying a lot of decks. I made a new deck that was really cool and wrote about that earlier in Star City Games. Now I've been moving on to other decks. I've been just trying to get a lay of the land. And that's what we're going to talk about today is where the format has been and where it's going. There's been a lot of uh, tournaments this past weekend. I even think Crokey's ran one. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good weekend to have a lot of magic tournaments. Uh, but before a really successful get, one, too, I uh, think. Yeah, yeah, it was. And before we get any further, uh, I do want to, you know, bring in our special guest uh, because this is Innistrad and we're bringing in someone who is one of the most dominant players at Innistrad Standard. And that's Brian Brown doing. How's it going, BBD? It's going great. And, you know, it's I'm so glad that you guys brought me on. It's been about 10 years, actually, since I dominated Innistrad Standard. Now, I was surprised that you guys, A, knew the history to know about my affinity for unburial rights and the success i had with it and b that you wanted to talk about it this week yo but i'm always brian, happy to brian it's the new in it there's a new innistrad set just now like oh I, you said I you actually, were going in i actually that. was i, I actually I was talking that. about um the the old innistrad like the one from like 2014 oh, like, shadows over innistrad where yeah our team like you, won you, a pro you, tour you, you day two the that pro tour right uh i did yeah our Yes, I did. Yeah. And then our <laughs> Steve Rubin ended up winning that pro tour with our deck. So. I'm, I'm very familiar with, uh, with, with oh, Steve Rubin. You deck. had a pretty oh, good yeah. matchup against Steve Rubin that tournament, right, bro? Uh, it, it wasn't great. <laughs> How was that? It was Archangel Avison. How did that work out? Was that good? Well, that was a good Gideon, card. Gideon, was, a was good Gideon card. good? I. I mean, Azika's chariot is just, you know, Gideon in a hat, I'm pretty sure. So we're still kind of dealing with the same shit. In a hat? <laughs> in a hat. I didn't know that Azika's chariot had a hat. No, I mean, like... pretty much in a disguise, in a mustache, if you will. <laughs> if if somebody was wearing a hat, would it be Gideon or a car? I'm going to go with the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very glad to have you on the show uh, in Barrel Rights, legal in the format or not, Brian. So it is legal and historic right now, though. Hmm. Something to keep in Th mind. That is true. That, yeah. to keep in I'm mind. not going to. Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's no, it's literally Brian. It's literally played in modern right now. So you got to be happy about that. There's this. Is there's, it? Yeah. There's a faith faithful mending Esper deck that now uses unburial rights to bring back Arcana of uh, Cruelty. That's actually a pretty decent deck right now, thanks to uh, faithful mending. That actually sounds great. That sounds like gas. I actually, I want to play that deck. Yeah, it gets to play yeah, like control it, it elements. Sound, it does like, sound like something new. Yeah, it gets to play like Teferi and stuff. So it gets to like be a control deck, but also have that cool combo finish. So it is a deck for you, I, I must say. I I actually built, I'm going to say, built a number of Esper reanimator decks when we were in uh, <laughs> working with Watsi for Modern Horizons 2. Many. So, yes. <laughs> nice. So actually, I mean, that's right up. I'm actually happy that that's actually a deck that people are playing. So. It's not good, but it's playable. It's, whoa, a, it's a tier whoa. two strategy. I never, <laughs> I never said that. I never said that any of my versions were good either. So <laughs> it's not a deterrent. All right, fair. All right, so so we're going to bring things back to standard. But before we do that, uh, I do have a couple announcements to make. The first is we finally have Bash Bros podcast sleeves. Now this is using our quote-unquote mario art mm -hmm. uh that was found on a shirt earlier in the year or i guess last year maybe even we finally got sleeves uh delivered and you can find them at mtgproshop.com slash bash hyphen bros hyphen merch uh they're really cool uh go take a look at them i got them in my hand right now and it's maybe my favorite art we've ever done oh they're mm. so good yeah i gotta I, I gotta send some to you brian you do yeah, Brad, will yeah. you send uh, you some to me, You can find them at mtgproshot.com slash bash hyphen bros hyphen merch. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're yeah. very welcome. And then another big piece of news is the Red Bull Untapped series is back on yes. MTG Melee. This was a huge tournament series last year. Signups are already happening over, I think the last time I checked, there was over 400 entries in the first one. Mm -hmm. So you can go, if you go to mtgmelee.com, you don't really need a link. Just go to the website and there's just links everywhere for it. Yeah. Like they've kind of done a and and a site ad takeover on the website, so it, you'll just see a link for 
support, just click it and then you'll see all the tournaments. You can sign up. <clears throat> it's free to play. Tons of prizes. Big final tournament. Awesome. It, it's 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 happening over the next three months. But but what's happening? But Brad, only Brad, this Brad, month, wait, wait, wait. Isn't there like so many other platforms where people can host big tournaments that ran successfully all the whoa, time? We're not. We're not. We're, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. We don't need to go into that. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. My bad. Yeah, we, my bad. We don't. We don't yeah, we don't we, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> I have been told by my CEO that we don't need to get into that. Okay, fair, fair. Just kidding then. <laughs> Any, anyway, uh the SCG tour is also back this weekend online. It's going to be standard. You can go same tournaments, same deal, eight satellites uh with the qualifier. A great way to qualify for the end of the month. You get uh to qualify for the SCG Invitational. Uh, which is happening this Halloween weekend. I, I can't even believe at the end of the month here, we've got a live tournament to play in. And I also can't believe that I have to spend, I'll have to spend so much money to play in this tournament. Yeah, you and me both, man. Unless I'm playing exactly Grixis Death Shadow, the only deck that I've invested in so far, then I'm going to have to spend a lot of money. But I've been, I've been getting kind of worked by Burn and Tron. And I keep thinking for this event, what decks are people going to play when they don't have all the cards? And it's a pretty big slap in the face that they're going to play Burn and Tron. So I think I need to find a different deck for it as well, bro. That that is also true. I mean, that that could be that could be a real thing. I mean, I know I'm 100% going to play Jund. I just love the deck. And if it's still competitive, I'm hoping it is. Yeah. Uh, Jund Saga then, kind of thing. Uh, Yes, yeah. but I need to buy the sagas, the Ragavans, and the Rens, which is is about a K, I think. Hey, I, I, <laughs> so I don't know if I want to do that. I got the sagas think, uh, for you. I got the sagas for you, and I'm not gonna lie, this is oh, really? you know where can I find those? Well, Brad, you can buy them at StarCityGames.com. Believe it or not, they that's uh, right. Honestly, they're pretty cheap right now. But you know what? When it comes closer to the Invitational time, these cards are gonna skyrocket. So for whatever reason, they were super cheap. So I picked them up. And uh, yeah, you can borrow them. I mean, I'm probably not going to play them, to be honest. But well, but so, I, I need I need that in ready now because that's the day old. That's that's the whole thing. It's like they're cheap now, and I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, but I'll 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 borrow them from you. And then three weeks later, you're like, nah, I'm going to play. All right, you're 40. right. You're right. Good point. <laughs> I cannot borrow them to you, no matter what. That makes it all easier. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys are struggling to find decks to play, there's an Esper deck. Oh it's, yeah, <laughs> it's based around burial rights, archon of cruelty. Uh, Maybe you should consider that. I don't know if you've heard of that deck. I believe you're the creator of this new Innistrad modern deck, <laughs> huh? Thank God we brought you on. I th I thought it was standard, but I guess you, you're the modern expert. Yeah, I mean, I am an Innistrad expert, of course. That's why oh. you bring me on the cast. Okay, Another okay. option, if you haven't considered it, is Lantern Control. So standard, everyone. Uh, that's that's the topic we're going to be talking about, not modern, and. Uh, Standard's actually kind of interesting right now. I mean, there's, there's, I'm not going to lie. Azika's Chariot is very powerful. All Runs Epiphany, very powerful. Yeah. Goldspan Dragon, also very powerful. These are kind of ruling, you know, the format. But as things are kind of evolving here, I'm starting to see some trends. And I think they're, they're super interesting. So I'm going to do a quick lay of the land to catch up our Innistrad Pro. Because I think, sorry, Brian, maybe wires got crossed. And you were preparing for 10-year-old Innistrad Standard Talk? Yeah, I actually I was... I had put the 28th land into my block-constructed Innistrad deck to beat people who are still only playing 27. And I thought that's where we were going with the topic for the day, but it wasn't, so I'm I'm well, thrown off. I'm sorry. You want, do you want to actually know something? If you count all spell lands as lands, the two decks that I'm playing are playing 31 lands and 29 or 30 lands. <laughs> nice. Sounds about yeah, that's, right. That's that's where the format's at. <laughs> that, that but sounds, all right. Yeah. So uh, early on, we all thought werewolves were going to be pretty powerful, and that really hasn't hasn't really came to fruition. Uh, these festival decks kind of came out real early, uh, dominant like Soltai Festival, and then just before last weekend's tournament, both Is It Dragons and a deck, a new deck called Is It Turns, which is just using the powerful. Um, there's a fork in standard. I can't remember the name. Galvanic Iteration. I think it, yes, Galvanic Iteration, which is just colorless blue. The next time you play it's a spell, copy it, and then it has... Oh, yeah, not... I said colorless. I mm -hmm. should have said that. Mm -hmm. But blue-red, it, it copies the next spell you cast, and then it flashes for colorless blue-red. There we go. And 
Uh, this is just used with all runs epiphanies and you just take a bunch of turns and it's just a control deck. It tempos out a bunch of removal. Well, not even that, then, bro. Like, I mean, the sickest thing is if you have Galvanic Iteration, eight mana, all runs epiphany and storm of the uh, hall of the storm giants, that's 22 damage if your opponent is tapped out. And of course you're like, okay, opponent being tapped out that late into the game is pretty unlikely. Not as unlikely as you think when your opponent is attacking you constantly because you're a control deck you can then, if they have one thing untapped, end step, one removal spell, untap, do that combo, and 22 them out of nowhere. So it's kind of Splinter Twin, if I, if you will. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I don't, like, that. that's fine. Like, I'm just saying, is like, you know, it's just this combo control yeah. uh, strategy that kind of just popped up out of nowhere, mm -hmm. and it did really well this past weekend, ex exceptionally well. And... Um, and that's where we're going to start talking because I'm under the impression that Azika's Chariot is still one of the best cards in the format, yep. but the, we found all these ways, like people were finding ways to go over the top of Azika Chariot decks, whether it be the mono black control, like blood in the snow strategies or these festival decks, these storm, of the festival decks that are, are playing the same cards, but they're just a little bit bigger. And, and they were just kind of sitting on top of all these gruel aggro slash gruel werewolf decks, um, even though the mono white aggressive decks, things like that. Uh, and so this deck is super exploiting all of those strategies. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, I think it competes pretty well with the Azekas Chariot decks as well. Same. And and so the th I guess the thing that I'm trying to say is this deck is the most powerful thing happening right now. I do think that you can exploit it. Yeah. But when I was playing it on stream the other day, after like four matches, I was like, okay, so every deck has to be a blue deck or just mono green might have a chance because it's like super efficient at what it does. Yep. But like every deck has to be a blue deck now because just competing against the strategy without interaction to, to, to stop their spells, like it's extremely powerful to just bounce a few things, um, counter a few things, and then all of a sudden you just start taking a couple turns. And I'm not even going to lie, Battle uh, of Frost and Fire... <laughs> It's incredible. With divide by zero, also also won me so many games. Yeah, um, I mean it's, it, it's just a, a a fantastic deck. It curves so perfectly as well, where you just get to like divide by zero on turns three or four, and then battle of frost and fire, and then it just naturally scries you into land seven, and then mascot exhibition is now already disgusting. You know where you're putting nine power into play you're also drawing two and discarding at that point and yeah i'm the same with you bro i think you might have played the exact list that i played on stream right when you played the metagame challenge and like same i was finding it so awesome and and i even think this list can be tuned in better ways for exactly what you want like for me i don't know about uh uh fading hope the one mana unsummon i'm more interested in a list that plays burning hands main in that spot and also finds rooms for some spike field hazards and like that's where i kind of want to go from there and i yeah i i'm with you man i think this deck just feels incredible you get to play all runs you get to play expressive iteration which is still one of the best cards uh in standard even though it's an uncommon and stuff and yeah this is the deck that i want to be playing i love it so much i do think it's cool also that this deck found room to get some pamphlets for like a local concert into its mana base as well. Mm, yes, you're referring yeah, to the yeah, Hall of yeah. the Storm Giants alternate art, right? Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. looking at this list, it's like, okay, that's there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brian. Yeah, these, these, this is a this this is a list uh, I, I pulled the visual off of MTG Melee, which uses Scryfall, mm -hmm. and I can go in and change all these arts, but it's a it's a it's a one to one, and it it would take so long, and I'm fine yeah. with just leaving that there. Oh, but yeah, yeah the, the alternate art that, that comes out of Magic these days is just, I don't know. I, I, I actually, don't like it. Oh, I was going to say that I do like it, but it's just so <laughs> well, disorienting. There's like, seven, there's like seven different versions of cards now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like each card that comes out, there's seven versions of it's, them. It's there's, too much. Yeah. It's too much in terms of quantity and differences. I would. I don't think it's too much in terms of like how wacky the stuff is. I like the wackiness, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's anyway. Sorry to derail. I just it was distracting me the entire time. We're look, looking at this thing. It's like, you know, all these magic cards, and there's just this that just 
I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so bro, I really do want to talk to you about this deck a lot, especially if you've been playing it. Like, I, I, I felt the exact same thing. I think the decks that go like really low under it, like Mono Green Agro playing Old Girl Troll, a bunch of Rens, a bunch of Azekas Chariot. I find that matchup to be really tough, especially game one where you don't have access to Burning Hands because if they ever get five mana and bur- and Ren and seven, and that ever sticks, it it feels really tough for game one. Like, but if you put some Burning Hands in the main and you really just kind of pre-board for mono green but therefore you're still kind of sideboarding against other azika's chariot decks which is the most popular like what do you think this deck actually loses to well like what, um, what's the bad matchup you know so, well, i don't exactly know what the bad matchups are yet i do think that it becomes this deck gets weaker when people start targeting it and there are ways to target it and i found some matchups that were kind of close and so one of the things like you said, Spikeville Hazard. I, I, my list already has four that I've been playing with. Oh, and really? Th- and four? I'll be, I'll be writing, I'll be writing an article about this deck uh, for Star City Games on Friday. I still have a few days to keep practicing to get my my deck as tuned as I can. Yep. But yeah, my article coming out on Friday is a deep dive on this deck, a primer. And the reason I want that is because uh, after Cyborg in these um, mirrors, in these is it mirrors, the Malevolent Hermits is a problem because you don't want to mm-hmm. keep too much removal in but you still need to interact with them. So it being a land that exiles it so they don't even get the backside of it is is huge to me. Oh, Jesus. And it might even push the card out of plane. Yeah. Yes. That's and, nice. <laughs> and so that's... that, And it, and it also hits the um the suspicious stowaways as well if people are playing that card as well because that can be really annoying. And Skyclaves. And then the Skyclaves other pro- from the mono black deck actually have, were a problem for me when I was testing as well. You know, I I, I still Skyclave. Skyclave. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The three ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're, they're a problem, and they get brought in against these Izza decks from either mono black or black green snow. It's a pretty popular play on against these because, well, you know, if you're not playing, if you're only playing Dwari Disruption, which I still think is an amazing card, and I do not want to cut one of those four copies, so I kind of want to play, um, you know, I want to play Spikefield Hazard and Dwari. Would you agree on that, bro? I haven't been that impressed with that card. Really? Like, it lines up sometimes. Huh. Yeah, it's. Been, I mean, it's been fine. Uh-huh. Like, it has to line up, right? Yeah. I, um, I just felt like it was yeah, good and, enough to also be a land to keep in, but... Yeah, I mean, well, it, it's good if people are just trying to slam and tap out against you, but the thing is, is some people have ramp, and sometimes the ramp doesn't play out the way that you want it to, and they have an extra mana, like they... Like, I can play a two-drop accelerant and then just play a three-drop and attack, and the, then you held up disruption. And this is a deck that already has like cards to um you know you've got the epiphanies that you want to foretell and you've also got iterations so you don't always want to hold up a two mana counter spell and so sometimes you'll hold it up with a divide by zero and you use the divide by zero because that you couldn't disrupt the thing and then you just play it as a like i play that at, i've held it up and played on like turn four or six a lot but you don't like you um, know that's cool because it's a land you're not trying to advertise getting rid of it though right because people play differently in a game of magic if they know you have dwarf disruption and i wouldn't four, take all the copies yeah. out but I, I i definitely think that like you're i've been playing around with six i have six right now of these double faced lands mm. and i don't know if i want them to be four two or three three and i keep uh waffling between the two okay. um the 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 other card i want to point out and you were bringing up a bad matchup is I've played twice now and I beat both of them, but I do believe it was um, like I just played better than my opponents, but sure. I played against uh, Grixis Dragons a couple times mm-hmm. and which is why I've added Thunderous Rebuke to my deck because a turn two smoldering egg is actually a problem after Cyborg. Yeah. And and that's because like they also have hand disruption, uh, like check for traps is is very good against us because it exiles the flashback card and it's just hand disruption and it's not like we do have card advantage but it's the way that the control mirrors play out is not how they used to and maybe we need to build our decks to be better like maybe we're supposed to have a couple like behold the multiverse in this deck and have and not have all these hermits uh because i don't know how good the hermit is if everyone starts playing spike hazard anyway yeah 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 because yeah, yeah, it used and, to and, be and, uh, it used to just be in control matchups you want to just interact 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 play four shark typhoons and you're going to win that way and i'm glad that that's no longer the case because that was annoying as hell but yeah it's interesting what you do now uh to combat that when you already have four memory deluge that seems like the best card in a control mirror to me 
But like, what do you want over top of that if everybody has it? Yeah, and and also like, if people are playing all these test of talents and they can interact with your uh, epiphanies, like maybe we have to have a secondary threat, like a few dragons in the sideboard. And 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 the truth is, is these these decks are all very close. Like there are some people that are playing is it turn decks with a uh, smoldering egg, and some that are just you know effectively just playing this deck without the uh, iterations just playing Goldspan Dragons as well. And I don't know the right answer yet. I have to play with all of these decks. Mm -hmm. Like, I have seen the power of the not having any creatures in the main deck strategy. That's what I like so far, uh, personally. But I, yeah, I think... I, it, mean, I, yeah, I, I, I just... I, I'm just not gonna, like... Like, I do feel like sometimes, like... I, my preference is that as well with a cyborg that might have some threats. Yes. But, uh, but like, you know, I'm not gonna make a, a full-blown <clears throat> statement yet because i just don't have enough games under my belt so you think about and and this is where you know the inner brad nelson you know voice is coming in my head and i just think to myself all the time because you're so good at these transformational sideboard plans and now you can kind of do that again and all uh, that keep that i keep thinking is game one your opponent has these few amount of removal spells fateful absence you know, maybe some dragon fires with gold span, whatever, whatever. They probably got four removal spells in their deck. Um, and so game one, you leave those removal spells on the table when all you're doing and your only creatures are Hall of the Storm Giant and mascot exhibition stuff. So game two, they take all those out because they see only tokens and stuff. And that's when I want to bring in one threat, you know, whether it be gold span, dragon, smoldering egg or something else. But that that's kind of where I envision it being to just juke them when they, you know, I mean, an open deckless tournament, they know you could have it, and then that changes a lot. But at least on the latter, I like having one threat in the post board, and I don't know which one's better. Yeah, and it's tough because, like, you could do, like, you know, Infernal of the spot, the Star uh, Mount or whatever that's that card's six called. That six-drop dragon, right? Six, six. Yeah. But Divide by Zero interacts <laughs> with that. And then so they cast that, you do that, and then you take a bunch of turns. That's how I've won a lot of games Same. where um, I was losing to some Ash you know, ash to mouth dragons. <laughs> and, but then, but then I just combo killed them out. So yeah. I, I, I do, I don't have the right numbers yet. I do think there's a balance, but I do think that is it turns is one of the reasons why the, the next iteration of decks that we see are going to have to, like, I think that this deck existing pushes out a lot of the go over the top strategies that were there to beat the Azika Cherries decks. Yep. And I just think that Selesnia midrange, John midrange, mono black, maybe even mono white, um, I think Mono White's fine in this matchup, but I do just think Mono White's just a weak deck in general. Agreed. Uh, it just doesn't have enough cards to be good enough. Yeah. But I think that, like, these decks are just pushed out of the metagame. I agree. And, and, and everyone's saying, like, Redain is the holy savior from either these Naya decks or Mono White deck. And it's like, yeah, are you looking at these decks? They still play four Cathartic Pyres, you know, that is still a clean answer for it. So... Yeah, I, I'm totally with you that those mid-range style things... I, I don't think any... Yeah, any creature that can be bounced uh, or killed... Or that has three toughness, exactly. Saving grace. Yeah, yeah I, I, that's just not it. Um, I think I think we're gonna we're going into a blue metagame where a lot of decks that are going to compete in this format are going to have access to blue to put pressure and then have counterspells up. I could see, theoretically, you know, Gruul, Agro... Or werewolves, and the reason I'm differentiating is there's two decks. There's the werewolf version, and then there's the version that plays just bear sentinels and Magda and Briarbridge Tracker. Yeah. But both these decks have access to the uh, the quote unquote blue mana base, where they can just play instead of playing basics, they just play the the blue pathways, mm -hmm. and then have have a slight splash in the sideboard um, for negates and, and distinctions and that. stuff, right? Well, yeah, I mean, like, I think Test of Talents is one of them that, like, is is very important. Like, everyone's doing Disdainful Stroke because it interacts with the most things. But we might be going into a world where you want, like, two Disdainful Strokes, two Test of Talents, so that you actually can truly hit, like, but any of these four ofs. Because these decks are all four ofs right now. I totally agree with you to an extent, but... The majority of games where I was kind of winning is all I really needed was that all that one all runs epiphany. And if I could pair it with Galvanic Iteration, that's really the only push I needed, whether I was going to attack for lethal with Hall of the, Hall of the Storm Giants the next turn or just cast Max up, Mascot Exhibition and go to town from there. And if you foretell one of these all runs and then you get the rest of them tested talents, like even just having that one, it's not that bad. 
you know? Like, well, if you have the luxury to cast the one from your hand yeah. at nine mana and not the one from from Exile and still get an extra turn, then you're probably winning that no, game. No, I, like, I picture it being a game the seven. That a counter's going to lose. I don't picture it the nine mana. I picture foretelling early and then on turn seven, casting one all runs. And if it gets tested talents, be like, okay, sure. Turn eight, then Galvatic Iteration and the one you had foretold. Well, my, my, my hope is if you spent seven mana and I'm the aggressive deck and I countered your thing, that you, you lose the game. Turn. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. 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 You're okay. probably, if I, if, if you're probably yeah. losing if your control opponent got to spend seven mana, you dealt with it, and then the next turn they got to spend eight mana and you couldn't deal with it. Like Yeah, yeah. but there's some you're probably games, not in a good spot there if they had that luxury to do that. There's some games that play out that like turn five I battle of frost and fired and you didn't have a great follow-up and you just hold up test of talents. I, I I played against yeah, decks. That, that's fair. You know? it, might, it might just be disdainful stroke just because of battle. That's a that's a good argument. Yeah. But I agree with you, bro. Um, I think this deck but, is awesome. And I think especially like week one, the big winners were these mopey mid-range Azigas Chariot decks, right? That was the unbeatable deck. Now, week two, especially coming into the SCGs, this is the deck I would have on my radar to beat them or join them because I think a lot of people are going to pick this up and you've got to have a clear plan to beat it because it's a very good deck, whether you have eggs, Goldspan Dragon, or no creatures at all. Oh, for sure. All right, so moving on, uh, we've got the other big surprise, honestly, was Mono Green Aggro. This deck kind of just showed up, was one of the more powerful decks, popular decks this past weekend in um, mm -hmm. all the tournaments on MTG Melee, and also had a had a decent win percentage. Now, there's a ton of different variants of this deck because nothing's set in stone yet, but uh, shocking to me, honestly, that the Mono Green deck, because I thought all the other decks were going to go over the top of it, mm -hmm. but it's not that easy to actually do that. And it's so lean that it has really good threats to attack these these uh, these blue red decks before they really get anything going. Totally agree. Yeah, for me it was I commentated the clear clearly <coughs> frame advantage event, and the two most winning decks as far as percentages was is it strategies all different varieties goldspan smoldering egg or just no creatures whatsoever, and then mono green where those were the most winning decks and it kind of makes sense to me and honestly the card you think it's just like an azika's chariot deck and that's why it's winning but as far as attacking the is it deck specifically old girl troll when you play it on turn four basically can't be dealt with you know it's for toughness it can't get dwari disruption it can't get disdainful strokes and it, it really kind of fills a hole and so do all of those three drops essentially i mean they can they can get cathartic pyred and stuff like that if it's like a mammoth or whatever but not playing into like disdainful stroke consistently makes the deck really tough to deal with from the is it side yeah and 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 yeah the snakeskin veils i think are the oh, yeah, biggest that's true <laughs> yeah. thing yeah i i think that's the biggest thing and the push forward for mono green just being a single color deck doesn't have to worry about bad mana and yeah like sure burning hands and things like that and other green decks can try to dominate it but you know just being so lean and having the snow blizzard brawls it it's it's holding its own i'm seeing it hold its own against decks where i thought you know it would succumb to burning hands but mm -hmm. snakes can veil plus azika's chariot we've talked about vehicles a ton on here you play the chariot they hold up burning hands you got the snakes can veil they wasted all their mana and the game's over yeah and and honestly I it's the first uh iteration of a rock paper scissors metagame that we have like these mono green decks beat is it is it beats the Mopi Azika's Chariot mid-range decks? Mopi mid-range Azika's Chariot decks beat Mono Green. That's kind of the first rock, paper, scissors that I noticed so far. I gotta issue a slight correction. I think Gnarled Professor is actually the biggest thing. <laughs> uh, well, it's literally the biggest thing if there's no landfall happening. But True. also, I I personally wouldn't play Gnarled Professor. I wouldn't either. Um, no, no. Yeah, I play I think Ren and just Seven in, some in of those lists. kind of slots anyways. You know, like, go a little bit bigger. It's just a better card. Yeah, the card is so absurd. Yeah, yeah. Run and seven is actually, I mean, that's what I want to do for the NV. I just want to play run and six and seven decks. Especially if you're playing Azika's Chariot, <laughs> run and seven seems a lot better than Gnarled yeah, Professor. Not, not, not having access to run and seven when you're playing Chariot already is a mistake. It just is. Yeah. I, I, the, the games, you, you just win some games. Like the, the two twos off of Azika's Chariots sometimes won't win you the game. But if your opponent's already behind because you played an early <laughs> chariot yeah. and you just followed up with Ren and Seven and make two tree folk, the game's over. Yeah. yeah no. Especially if you have a Sentinel to accelerate it out or whatever, yeah. Four Hedron or something. It seems seems like that's a uh, 
kind of a force them to have it or else they're screwed line. So, bro, what do you think about, um, like, I think Jerry, you know, our own SCG writer as well, played a deck with Azekas Chariot, a lower curve, basically no five drops, all four lower without Ren and playing Azekas Chariot. Now, I think that deck is pretty decent and it's been... The Naya deck? The, I think he just, he built just a Gruul deck, right? Just Gruul Werewolves, um... And, or wait, maybe it was Naya, but regardless, there was not Ren and Seven in it, whichever one he built. But that's become pretty popular because he wrote about it. Like, what do you think about that? Has, Is it I wrong? Haven't, I haven't played. I haven't played against it. If you're if you're talking about the Naya deck um, from his article last week, I built it and did a challenge with it immediately, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's just not the game that's being played right now. Like, um, Showdown of the Skulls is a very powerful card, mm-hmm. but not in this permanent based world like you can't play a showdown in these Ezekiel chariots run in seven world and so I, I i just found that deck to not be strong enough um and i was sad because i love naya i just love these naya strategies i know i tried but, a naya werewolf mo- deck as well with showdown and like just just not quite there just didn't feel feel good enough to me i i totally agree yeah and i'm also haven't been impressed with the Jasper sentinel magda uh strategies in general mm-hmm. just because those decks, the reason they were so successful last standard, um, and I thought this was going to happen, but I still just ignored it because I liked playing with them, was that you had those draws. So when you had those two cards in your open hand, you'd play them. But if you didn't, you also had the adventure package to lean on. So you had these two different early game situations to rely on. Mm-hmm. Well, now these decks are just built around only having just spare Sentinels and Magda. And if you don't have those, then you're like your first play is like a Ranger class. And then you might play another three, like three it's just it's not as robust but then if you do that then you still draw into magda's and just spare sentinels that yeah. are just blanks and they're not fetching yeah. Embercleave anymore with magda at least and yeah. the fact that you need those two creatures to make it good essentially both of them are okay on their own but i mean especially magda's okay on its own just spare sentinels pretty bad on its own and especially if all these is it decks are switching to a ton of removal it's easy to take advantage of that. They start on Jaspera Sentinel. If I'm on the play as it is it there, I don't need to Cathartic Pyre that, but then if they follow it up with Magda, then I'll kill it, you know? But otherwise, I get to wait now uh, as an is it turns player, and I, I'm not afraid of that combo anymore. Like, it seemed like how 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 explosive and how good it was going to be moving into new standard before we actually played with it. So, yeah, I, I'm not afraid of it at all either. I mean, imagine yeah. having the capability to generate a one-one on the earlier on the early turns and a five-five later in the game. <laughs> yeah, would that not be crazy? <laughs> that would be pretty messed up. Um, this this format is oddly it's not obviously these decks aren't as powerful as the the previous decks, but like usually five you know five set standard doesn't feel as busted as when we left the eight, but like. Things are kind of way more fast paced than it usually is when it's just five set standard. Yeah, it's like very fast paced right now, just because like these, like these turn decks are gross. I think yeah. like, and I'm not gonna honestly, lie, I, I just got that reference BBD. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? But old Innistrad, okay, I got it. <laughs> no, he's talking about Lovestruck Beast. I was talking about Lovestruck Beast. Oh, okay. I okay. Never mind. I was totally thinking you were talking about the one one. Do you want this edited out too, bro? Why not? Just, just honestly, just put a blanket statement over editing out everything I said in this podcast will be completely better. <laughs> I thought you were talking about oh. the one one that makes five five dragons when you have six lands. That, that's where my head was going. How oh, weird! How weird! That's yeah. a fringe one to go to. Yeah, that's, yeah, that that's is crazy. a fringe one. I'll say myself. Out. Yeah, I, I, I think it's like power level is just so much higher across the board. To where it doesn't take as many sets to have a high power level anymore as no. it used to. Yeah, and they don't make dead. They don't make bad cards anymore. Like there's, you know, if you want to play a gruel werewolf deck, it's like there's already so many great werewolves. It's like where are all the bad ones? You know, like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like they don't. They don't really. And, and I'm not saying they they should be printing magic cards that way, but they don't print bad cards, and so. There's so much options to choose from and so many combinations, even even in a smaller format. Like, yeah, totally right. I mean, I mean I, it, it makes sense. It makes like I wouldn't have thought I would have thought that five set like Brad was saying would slow down and 
because that's what we've experienced through our magic careers. But it does make sense why that's not being the case because of the way that sets are being made now. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, the snowball is just better than it's ever been in standard. Like it's it's disgusting how every car generates advantages that if you stumble, it's really tough to come back. Yeah. Like it's almost in some of these green mirrors, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's actually just like you can have a game on turn four that it's just over. Yep. And and you know that's that's we've talked about it tons before with replayability and that that will eat away at standards replayability. Luckily, we've got a new standard set in two months. But the problem with it <laughs> yeah, is they is come every other month anyways. So six weeks, six weeks, and the, the a new set will release on Arena. Excuse me, that? what? Six weeks. Six, six weeks. We- there will be a new. S- Set on arena, yeah. Does that mean the next uh, pro event that we have on December what third through the fifth, I believe? Does that mean that will include the new set, or am I, or is that the set comes out the I'm week after? I'm assuming so. Oh my god! It it would make the most sense if it was the one week, week after before the new set. Yeah, the new yeah. set came out one week after. But. No, it, it the the new set releases like actual releases, I believe on uh the 26th of november and the arena releases on the 18th is the the next tournament is on the third i thought it was the third through the fifth of december and that's what's on their website i think yeah so oh my god are we actually are are we doing it are we going to have a online pro tour that is going to feature all new cards i'm yes i'm a kid in the candy store and and we're going to play all 15 rounds on saturday (laughs) 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 oh wow (laughs) yeah that that hits home (laughs) yeah (laughs) wow but yeah so so coming back to it like i i just have not been impressed by werewolves or agro girl agro even though they did actually have decent win percentages in some of these tournaments they were beating pretty decently these gruel ones i think paulo wrote about it brad about Gruel Agro? Have uh, you haven't seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep I, I definitely saw it. Um, but yeah, no, they I think that that Gruel decks in some iteration have a chance because they're aggressive and can play counter spells. I think that's big. Um, and I have no idea. Like, I need to actually do some dedicated testing mm-hmm. because I kind of just beat the crap out of people with my Bant deck and wrote about it, and I don't actually know how good it is. Crap. But um it's felt really very it. good i haven't really seen it or no no yeah, no yet. one's no one's no my the power of me is not strong right now because i played a deck and wrote about it and i have not seen it maybe it's on the ladder i know why darby played it one night i haven't seen people play with it but he even played I, my Naya werewolf deck as well though bro that man will play anything on stream <laughs> <laughs> the lowest of bars <laughs> yes yes oh um, no but like i i 702 metagame challenges which isn't saying much like the competition was that high and i've 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 won every match that I played on the ladder so far, but then I moved on to other decks in the format because okay. I feel like there's no real reason to keep tuning it because things are shifting so fast that I can come back to it and make adjustments. I mean, I'm looking at but, it now. It looks awesome. And the one card that I love that you're playing that I don't think enough people are playing is Brutal Cathar. That card's been absurd for me. Yeah. I So so for those who don't know it, it's it's on SCG. I did stream it a, uh, a few days ago, but this is another uh, Storm the Festival deck. But I'm playing white for a bunch of three drops, Brutal Cathar, Elite Spellbinder, and then a land that's awesome is Glasspool Mimic. Mm. Uh, and then I have Mind Flare to go along with my my Ren and Sevens and then Ezekiel's Chariots and stuff like that. And then after sideboard, I have a bunch of counter spells, more Rangers class and Redain so that this deck can sideboard um, different threes. But I think I wrote all about this, but I thought it was important. If you're playing a ramp deck, you need to play three drops so that when you're on the play, you don't always have to rely on having a ramp card. Mm. It just... Because when you're on the draw in a ramp mirror in, a, in these green Azika's chariot mirrors, if you don't have a way to interact with their ramp or you don't have ramp yourself, you, you're going to lose. Um, but when you're on the play, you can't build your deck to also lose if you don't have a ramp card. Uh, so you need cards like Redain or Brutal Cathar and stuff like that. And they also are great hits off of Storm of the Festival. And then after Cyborg, you take all of this garbage out, like all your Brutal Cathars and Mind Flayers against Izzet decks, and yeah. you bring in Disdainful Strong, Tessa's Talents, Ranger's Class, and you kind of just and become Redain, this little right? like fish deck. And Redain. And Redain in, in specific matchups, yeah. Against Is It like though, against right? turns. Or... Against Is It turns, yes, but not against Is It Dragons. Oh, okay, okay. That's what I was gonna say, is like 
I'm looking at this deck, and while I think Brutal Cathar is so good against other green decks, being able to, you know, if you ever get to flip and exile two tokens where if the creature dies, it's no longer a liability, then the card is just completely obscene. But yeah, up against is it? It just, it's a three mana 2-2, two, two, and sometimes you're lucky that it's a 3-3. Three, three. Uh, so I'm I'm looking at the list, and it seems really rough game one against is it decks, but have you been doing okay against is it? When you get to bring in that many cards, I, I, I've never, I've never, I've never lost a match. I, I beat it multiple times. Okay, okay. Uh, that's that's why I wrote about it. Like, I don't know how good this deck is because I haven't seen a bunch of people throw it. Like, no one played it this weekend because I like was streaming it Saturday or Friday or something. Sure. And so, and and it didn't get enough attention in the article count Monday, and so no one played it this weekend, um, in any of the tournaments. Where I didn't notice anyone, um, but like I found it to be exceptionally good, and maybe it just plays to like my skill sets. Uh, with like stuff and I, again i don't know what it's like playing against like high level magic players my one loss was to seth manfield um <laughs> okay. I, I drew real bad what was but, he playing? It, but that uh mono green oh, okay, okay, we, we sure, played sure, sure. we played in the challenge game game three i just like bricked off uh if i just had any brutal cathar mind flare storm at any point or renin seven or zika's chariot <laughs> like nice. i just didn't draw anything I, yeah i mean um, i kind of want to throw down a gauntlet against you and, and try to challenge you with his turns because i if anything i'm not saying i would crush you running but i think it'd be a good close matchup and uh you know i i i would slightly well, any feel deck, any deck that has but... well yeah any deck that has a good game one is always going to have a good matchup yeah and so that's a good point that's just that that's just magic. But then also the reaction to is it turns is going to be decks that this deck will be good against. So if the matchup's like a 45-55, you can you can be fine with that if you're gonna pray it. I believe that a verse something like this is favored against every other Ren and Seven Azika's Chariot deck. I would agree. This looks awesome. Yeah. You're ramping better than every other deck. Your removal comes packed with creatures as well, so you get that snowball effect. And then you have the over over the top ability of storm the festival uh limited resources preview card if uh y'all well, just think like <laughs> i don't know if you think about it but if they you know how if, the, if you go like if if they go chariot first and then you play chariot and then they make a token uh or make two tokens you're mm -hmm. kind of like wrecked yep but the the great thing about this is you get to steal one of those tokens now they can crew it but your mind flare sh helps you crew your Azika's Chariot as well, or you still have your two cats, mm -hmm. um, and you get to attack, and you get to make two tokens, and then their, uh, potentially their uh, Ren is under duress, but they still only have a 4-4, four, four, so they trade with your uh, Azika's Chariot, and in that in that end exchange, um, you have two tokens to their one. Yeah. I, um, I'm a little worried that Mind Flare is, like, really susceptible to just Dragon's Fire, which I feel like most Ren and Seven, well, you do, or but, most Azekas yeah, Chariot decks are red as well, right? Wouldn't you think that going into this weekend? I, most Azekas Chariots aren't red. I mean, no, most decks aren't playing Dragon's Fire main. Really? Okay. Um, well, it, it is susceptible to removal. That's one of the weaknesses, but most... But, but like, it's the turns, right? Like, you're yeah. you're just going for these big tempo turns. Like, you're just trying to build to a critical mass. So these creatures, like, normally creature removal like this is bad. But if you're trying to be a critical mass deck that's trying to do run in seven and storm the festival type shenanigans, taking these turns to do things and then they have to take their turns to do do things, it's it, it's not that bad. It, it yeah. They play out much better okay. than you think they will. I was going to say, and then if I, I'm just kind of playing out how I think this deck will play out, and I'm wondering, like, if you wanted all runs epiphany as your top end instead but then i just kind of thought I like played, i played a ton of these decks with all runs there it's bad it, yeah and then i just kept thinking i was like instead of that if you storm the festival into mind flare and glass pool mimic get wrecked you know like you can't you you, you, you can't do that oh it doesn't work <laughs> like that glass pool doesn't see it but if you have oh. a mind flare brutal cathar in play you can glass pool mimic. okay it's a classic phantasmal imp Classic phantasmal image. Uh, okay, all right. Yeah. I'm a noob. Just kidding. But you know, being able to just storm the festival into a Zika's chariot and mind flare seems insane. Uh, but of course, I'm sure you've had a lot of bad hits from that card as well. Well, and that's what I did. Is I played these decks where the hits were bad, mm. and so then I I was like, I wanted to find removal that are hits. I want to find lands that are good hits, right? Yeah. Like. Like so, glass pool mimic is great, and some in some matchups, like you, elite spellbind or something, 
and I could take something potentially better than that, but I want to hit him with another elite spellbinder. I want two flyers. Yeah, and that's honestly why I thought the best Storm the Festival decks were going to be Golgari based that could either hit Binding the Old Gods or like Enna Planeswalker or Azekas Chariot or Ren, just because Storm the Festival when it hits removal spells seems so good to me and it seems so medium if it's just i put two threats in that i'm hoping's good uh but no i think your version corrects that um where you actually get removal based on your creatures so yeah this looks good to me and binding if you if you don't have a accelerant or if you're on the draw you never have time to cast that card binding the old god it's yeah, it's just too slow. No, no, in a lot no. Of I meant I meant Storm the Festivaling into binding is like really cool. Oh yeah, and that's why I thought Storm the Festival was going to be a specifically Golgari card because being able to hit that removal spell. I'm not saying binding is good on its own right now. I d- I do not believe that to be true. But mm-hmm. get your get one of your four bird tokens. Yeah, yeah. Get take, one of your rams or a cat. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem great. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and then after that for the metagame, I mean, right now, I just, I don't think there's anything else because uh, for all of you that are going to be playing in the Red Bull tournaments and the Star City games this weekend, yep. um, I guess my end, end statement is that these blue decks are, these blue decks, mono green and maybe the Gruel decks and maybe my Bantech if it's good, I feel like are going to be what people play and they're going to start moving them to fight the blue decks. And and in this exchange, I don't know how the dust is going to settle, but you have to prepare for that. So I like I you can't just take these blue decks now the way that they're built and keep running them. Yeah, because they are things are going to move fast and tech is going to exist. We're going to start seeing more hand disruption, more counter spells. Um, th- You know, we're just going to have to evolve. So yeah. while these generic versions of is it turns have been very good, they're going to go bad soon. It's going to go sour. Yeah. And one yeah, that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, BBD. I was gonna say, and that's where a third is that is it Dex springs up. <laughs> and that's Poppet Stitcher, is it? Hey, honestly, I've been starting to see a little bit here and there with Poppet Stitcher. I don't think it's good, but it is kind of disgusting yeah, with all I mean, of I, I, Like there, I, I just have one thing that that you know I, against Stitcher Popper. What is that? It's bad. Yeah, mm, I think okay. that's a pretty yeah. valid. It's just one point. thing. I mean, it's just the it's one. It's a minor thing. tweak to what you said. I agree. Yeah. I and honestly, on a on a real note, I have one last thing to add as well. The people that are playing mono black control and black green, because honestly, I see it a lot. I see it a lot. People play these decks a ton on the ladder because they're doing big fun things. And when you can blood on the snow and then bring back a loth or bring back a professor onyx or something, it's really good. But that deck was preying on a lot of these mid-range Azekas Chariot decks that are now being pushed out because of Is It Turns. So I think people that are trying to play that deck specifically, the green-black iteration or just mono-black, you got to give it up for now because that is a mid-range slayer. And right now, with Is It Turns and mono-green, it's attacking that deck at both axes. And I think both matchups are really bad for that deck. So, you know, that's the thing I still people... I still see people playing all the time, and I think you just got to give it up at this point. Yeah, I, I never thought the deck was that good. I yeah. thought it was going to be fine against the green decks, but... And it was. It was. It was decent, and I don't even think it was, like, decent to the point where it was, like, a 60% or higher win rate. It might have been, like, 52 against these Mopey, Jund, or Gruul, Azekas Chariot decks, but now now that's, that's not the place for it. Um, but yeah, like hopefully things open up here. I, I really hope that uh, All Runs Epiphany and Azekas Chariot decks don't just dominate this format forever. Uh, <laughs> but they, they are the they are the most powerful cards. And as we've seen in standard for the last few years, the balance isn't kind to the format, right? Yeah. Yeah. And especially this many sets. What do we have? Four sets? Five sets? Five Is sets. Is it five? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, these are these are the two best cards. All Runs Epiphany, Azekas Chariot. They're going to be shaving standard for a long time. It's just week by week, you have to adjust to what is popular and recognize the trends, especially when it comes to like SCG events. You got to be one step ahead. Uh, otherwise, you know, I think you'll be left in the dust on these kind of tournaments it's because they so run great. so fast, you know? 
you you sound like one of those like in like motivational speakers like <laughs> you just gotta you just gotta reach for the stars and and everyone's at home is like yeah okay what what should i play Corey? it's like you just gotta innovate no you gotta, you gotta believe in yourself <laughs> you, uh, no here's <laughs> what i'm saying you gotta innovate to find the which version of each of those cards you want to play that's taking advantage of the most popular version it's not as motivational speaker as it seems for sure because I think yeah. I think it's correct to play one of those two cards, but it's just which version do you want to play to beat which specific deck? You know, which is yeah, sad I, right I now. Don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a possible there's a shot in hell actually that I don't register one of those two cards for the foreseeable future. For the Invitational, Brad, like what would you what would you put the odds that me and you play a total of six like together six copies or more of either All Runs or Azika's Chariot? Like I yeah. I would think ninety eight percent. Oh no, like I would say 50. I'm going to trick you into playing some garbagey metagame deck. You know that's going to happen. You've done that before and I'll take the bait happily. Yeah. So, give me a good yeah. sideboard guide and I'm in, baby. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and that'll do it. Now we're going to be talking about uh our cast and crew, the individuals that support us at a high tier. We thank you for keeping us afloat and paying our editor. We truly appreciate each and one of you if you want to become part of our cast and crew. You can go to patreon.com slash bachelor's podcast, uh, select that tier for casting crew, and then message us for what job you want to do around here. Absolutely. So starting it off is Tosilo. And Tosilo is all about middle management. You know, doesn't quite want all the responsibility of a CEO, but also wants to make a lot of money and not be a lightning rod of hate like a CEO would be at, no at a normal company. So Tosilo really getting paid a lot for doing some nice work. And Tosilo does that. So appreciate you, buddy. Oh, and yeah. That was a description of middle management. It really was, right? Because <laughs> isn't middle management just kind of the bloatedness of a company? Pretty much, yeah. 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 Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. oftentimes positions that don't need to exist but do, just to just to regulate other people and make their lives worse. And then those people have to make sure that their jobs are necessary, so they add bullshit. Yeah, That Correct. didn't need to be said, yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Meeting it's, unnecessary it's, meetings. It's the middle manager yeah, it, way. It's, it's it's exactly it's exactly uh like when we got PR, like the PR people. Yeah. Uh I remember somebody for for uh MPL when you know Wizards thought that was gonna be like the next big thing. They gave us all PR training for what would happen when we get interviewed by <laughs> companies. <laughs> and and some somebody in the in the MPL was just like, you know, hey, that's lived in corporate life a little bit and says, hate this because these are the type of people that uh, need to make sure that their jobs are important enough. And so when we did the classes, they all corrected us on things that didn't need to be corrected, but they had to justify being there. I would have loved to have been in that meeting. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> It, it was it was fun because the players made it fun yeah yeah <laughs> next up we got adam who is bbd's personal hype man uh this job entails going into brian's personal space and screaming at a level that brian doesn't appreciate but mm. at least you know brian's neighbors know that uh he he got another level in path to exile or won his lobby and and Starbuck Brawl. I love that job. That's that, a good that one. The, that the Lions lost another game. <laughs> Not only did they lose, they lost to an NFL record. Whoa, save it for the house, man. Okay, fine. Yeah, All right, we got Brandon. That is the official BBP spokesperson scapegoat. So when we need to tell people about how the 66-yard field goal broke an NFL record and... Uh, and Save there was a penalty that should have been should have been called and didn't ass. get called. That's what Brandon will do. He'll publicly state that. So <laughs> it's a great role for him. Fair, fair. All right, next up we got Steve, and that is the Bash Bros Podcast Task Rabbit. So if there's a job where you need stuff being put together, um, you know, that that's what Steve does. Steve, we might need some new jobs because we got all our stuff now. We're all moved in and we all have our stuff put together. Brad, you got your desk well, together you can now? Still put, you can still, oh, I got the desk. Yeah, that was all one piece. Okay. You can put together all the mirrors that were broken, all the legs that were broken. That would be cool mm. if you could put those back so together. So it seems Steve, like you need to be a fix rabbit at this time, Steve. But yeah. <laughs> regardless, buddy, we love you nonetheless. And thanks for uh, being a part of the crew. Next up, we got DJ, who has changed jobs. Oh, got a promotion to be BBP's official lobbyist now 
That is right. We are taking the big bucks that you are all providing us, and we are sending them with DJ to change the laws. I'm not going to lie a lot, mm. guys. I don't know what a lobbyist means. Is is that bad? They, they, <laughs> they, 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 are, they are either pro... Well, Corey, it's very easy. They're either pro or anti-lobbies. Oh, do, you know what? I do not like lobbies at hotels either, <laughs> so I guess I'm so technically a lobbyist. a lobbyist. Yeah, okay. Thanks for clearing it up, bro. All right, so a lobbyist is somebody in a company okay. that goes to politicians or just in general, other companies, whatever, and lobbies for certain things. So, for example, um, they you pay know, politicians money yes, under the yes. table so that those politicians will pass laws that hurt the American people but benefit their company. So they just yes. rich so, people that bribe people. Is that what I'm gathering? Yes, that's yes, that is exactly okay. what it is. Yeah, it's just like like you you ask yourself and you're just like, why isn't there more oil regulations? And it's because of DJ. Oh, yes. okay. <laughs> I assume DJ will be looking for a new job starting next week after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> DJ gave me the option of two. He's like, I, 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 I'm suited for either of these jobs. And I was like, I think we need a lobbyist. I think like we want the laws to change. Yeah. Like. Like, white guys doing podcasts should be praised more. I mean, yeah. to be fair, though. Our voices are important, be, and they matter. They are, to they be fair, important. DJ just started his new job as a lobbyist the day we started the Aspros podcast. I don't want to point connections, but, you know, here we are. True. <laughs> there, was some, there was some legal, there was legal red tape that got cut. Yeah. So that's how we are actually able to get that off the ground. So great, great job. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I would say that not all lobbying is bad. There's, there's no, there, no, there is there, good lobbying too. But in is, our there, in our country, is, lobbying is generally like you could. With, yes, I I should actually research more about good lobbying because like like organizations will lobby for like laws to be changed in the good like in to benefit people. Yeah. Yes. And honestly, but like I'm so warped as a human being that when I hear lobbyist, I just assume it's just a company figuring another way to fuck us over. Mm. Kind of like how Exxon did independent research and discovered that climate change was real and then uh, basically lobbied to say, I want to just still make oil and shit. I want to still make oil. (laughs) They basically did a research to discover that, sorry, burning fossil fuels does contribute negatively to climate change back in the 1980s. And then it did a whole thing to make sure that like the propaganda was the other way so that people thought that climate change wasn't real and that like they did a whole thing about that so let me that was basically entirely exxon that pushed a lot of that yep. so let me get this straight like let me see if i got this correct like the whole reefer madness kind of thing was a lobbyist campaign to get hemp illegal because they realized hemp was gonna put like the lumber company would would have lobbied to make weed illegal because well, not reefer madness reefer well, madness I know, but more, that's I think, the extreme of it, based. but they would lobby to make hemp illegal because hemp could have put lumber out of business right yes that okay. that happened in like yep. the late 1800s okay. early 1900s or something same thing with like prohibition and stuff like that like maybe prohibition was different but yes for sure hemp cool and marijuana being legal i mean but yeah there's just lobbying for everything like if you you could be a lobbyist if you just go to a politician and you were trying to lobby for something right like you want a change to happen yeah um so we could have just went down the path that dj is going to lobby for good things in this world but that's not who we are Mm. there's also the uh a huge reason that that americans have a massive problem with obesity is because back in the 50s or 60s the sugar uh companies basically um lobby like they basically like made this whole campaign about how fat makes you fat not sugar Mm. uh when the reality is like sugar is actually what's making people fat and it was like they basically changed the whole story around food type stuff in the u.s so that for such a long period of time people thought that like eating fat was really bad for you and then eating sugar was okay yeah or or, in reality sugar is like literally the worst thing that you can eat Mm. and it's what makes everyone so fat or, like or you so know, like fucked up. Yeah. you know, like fat-free dressings and stuff. There's sugar in them and no fat because they put the sugar in, so it actually has a sweet taste. Yeah, 
Yeah, and because it's, there's no fat for the taste. Yeah, those are way actually worse. worse for you than regular dressings. Like, yes. that's what, oh, but guys, hey, I'm just getting this into my right speaker. DJ just paid me twenty dollars <laughs> to announce to everyone that full text basic lands are bad. So I think he's doing lobbying for good now. <laughs> that that seems bad still too. Uh, All right, anyway, we got we got Bino Gatista. Um, he was supposed to be the, this week's special guest and. Just said no. Next up, we got S. Saruti, and that is our business analyst. You know, any kind of business that we need to be really put under a microscope. S. Saruti's been doing this for years, and it's just really analyzing everything that comes to our business. All right, we got Wapa, and that's the Lord of Puff Puffs. If you want to get fifth or sixth place in your eight-player lobby, Wapa's the one for you. I had to go all in on Puff Puffs the other day with uh, Trophy Hunter because my comp was terrible. And I ended up with three, like, 25-25s really early in the game, but then everything else was garbage and took fifth. Yep. I, I actually did the same thing with Trophy Hunter. I think I took sixth. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know what y'all are talking about. Anyways, we got Adham, and that is our ghostwriter. Whenever there is some nonsense that I don't understand, it's written by Adham, and it's to throw me off when it comes to my content game. And you know what? Gotta respect him. Got respect him. And yeah, I mean, just, I mean, you always know why you don't know the stuff because you go outside. I know. I got to stop right. looking at trees. Yeah. I'm such a damn hippie. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Next up, we got David Watt, who is our special guest screener. Uh, yeah, couldn't get a hold of Bino Gatisa, so we had to go with the uh, the old standby. But uh, we love him. Wait a minute. Wasn't that joke made in the Aspros podcast so nobody knows what the hell we're talking about with the trees? Yep. Nice. That's, but how, these we people do, That's this, how we get them. That's how we get them. Everyone leaves. I'm assuming that like a ton of people leave after the when we start the casting crew. I'm just assuming. I have no idea. Mm. But the, you know, our 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 loving supporters are listening to everything, so they probably got it. Oh, but it, no, they. I don't know. I don't know what they'd listen to first. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. It's, it's hard to see the forest for the trees. It's always ask <laughs> first. Ask first. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got Paul Kasarowski. Speedy I tried to do it with my. I tried to do it with my vape. I don't know. I tried if I to do it with my with my. I, I heard a slight bit, but it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't profound. <laughs> That's a BBD's wall staring photographer. I look at walls. He looks at me. I'm not gonna lie. It Ooh. was profound. I made a loud sound, but I think our Discord chat mutes it, so it's gonna be loud on the actual cast, which is fun. Anyway, that is great. We got Phil up next, and Phil, let me tell y'all. Oh my God, the last few weeks, Phil has done just a plus work. It is just day in and day out. First one to come in, last one to leave. And I just love everything about Phil. Except what he does. I don't know what he does, though, Brian. I really don't. I'm not. I'm actually not sure at all, but. Hmm. Maybe Phil will eventually tell us. But until then, we'll talk to Sol Nabasi, who is our designated matador. And this week, I think our designated our designated matador is Fertel. Oh, oh my God! That's exactly what I was gonna say. Is for telling all runs of Pippity to make it yeah. one cheaper. Oh, nice work, bro. We're we're connected. On I, that. I got you. That was good. I almost shit my pants. That was so dead on. <laughs> Next up, we got Gare Meldy, and that is our merch store manager. And let me tell you, Gare has been having a rough day, just similar to Amazon. How you know the working conditions are really rough. Gare's the only one who's there stacking up all our sleeves. From the new Bash Bros podcast, we have about one trillion for him to do on his own, and uh, you know it's it's not great of us to put him through that. But that's he is the merch store but, manager. Yeah, but you can go to our you can go to our merch store and you can buy our new awesome sleeves. That'll so go help take a look out at Garrett. That. That'll help out Garrett. It'll be less to sort. He can just ship them instead of putting them on the shelves where everything in our merch store goes to die. That is true. Yeah. And what will not help is Patrick. Who no Patrick will help, but will I, I butcher this? Sorry, Patrick. You're office party coordinator, and I was going to say that hosting a party for Corey and I is hell because all we do is want to take shots and play can jam. No, we will disrupt <laughs> any party flow. Well, you know, to be fair, we're going to need help with that Halloween day, and we're going to make the same mistakes, Brad. That's okay though. Oh, I cannot. I cannot wait for Halloween. I got. I got to start working on Dee's costume. Yeah, it's. I. I decided. I what I'm gonna do for the Halloween party. I'm going to buy a keg, and if you are dressed up in a costume, you can have a cup. If not, no cups for you. That way, it's we'll a terrible have, idea. That, We're having people traveling into town. Well, they better bring a costume then. 
Here's their notice at the end of the Bash Bros podcast. If they don't hear that, <laughs> that's on them. I think that's that a ridiculous. True. That is on them. Yep. They don't hear it. All I right. guess they can bring their own drinks. Oh, no, they can bring their own drinks, but they can't drink out of the keg for free if they don't bring that's a costume. Fair. That's fair. They don't that's get a fair. red cup. That is the last, they can bring their own the shit. Last, yeah. The last statement I made looks like a dick in audacity. Just had to make that clear. All right, we got Victor, <laughs> and that is Brad's first place trophy holder. Will Victor have a new trophy to add to the mantle in a month? Probably not if Brad plays Junt. I agree. Joe, I agree. Uh, I agree. Is the, the Junt Saga deck bad? It's bad. I, I, I don't know. Is it really bad? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to play a really competitive deck. I'll figure You're it out You're going to shit on control decks all day if you play Jun. That's a fact. You know, you got that going yeah, for Yeah, that you. deck is good against control. But play play Murktide, you're going to get absolutely annihilated. Oh, I actually beat a lot of Murktide decks with that deck. Hmm. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I don't play a lot of Jun, so, you know, forget what I say. Yeah, I actually was beating up a lot. You just have to make sure that you have answers to Murktide. Yeah, I guess I'm just not the biggest fan of the deck, but, uh, you know... Maybe maybe it's better than I think. You are Jun guy, so you of course play it a lot better than me. So it might not be good. I only played it for that one weekend. I, I have to start testing modern again. Well, I'd be happy wow. to help you, bro, because it's still my Let's favorite format it. by far. And after Worlds is done, you best believe standard and limited get thrown in the trash and give me give me my modern <laughs> hey, no. cards again. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to Love playing it. some more modern on stream here soon. Yeah, uh, but good. yeah, that's going to do it for our episode, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Bachelors podcast. Reminder, we do do the Ask Bros now. So check that out on Friday. If you are a Patreon supporter, go to Patreon and it should be there uh, by the time you see this. Bye. Bye.